West Coast Swing this weekend in Phoenix. Plus, we'll have our news and notes segment as well as our Ask David segment coming up at the end of today's show. You may be noticing something different on your screen right now, and that is uh, a little fireside chat conversation that we have for you. As uh, yours truly, I've now made the move to the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, officially started my new job this week with uh, Chat Sports. And so with that... Going forward, more times than not, David and I will be here in person together. Dominic joining us remotely from New Mexico. But, of course, we do see Dominic from time to time, including this past weekend in Las Vegas. David, good to see you this weekend in Vegas and here in the flesh now and excited about the foreseeable future with uh, this type of uh, setting here. Well, Tyler, it's just, man, I'm glad to have you in Dallas, man. It's, um, I'm excited for your new job and uh, glad to be able to see you more often than so. And uh, now we just got to get Dominic to move uh, move to Texas, and we'll all be doing okay. But uh, but I think that's uh, that's going to be hard to do. But uh, but man, it's pretty cool. It's cool having you here, man. It's cool to have you here at my house and be able to do the, the podcast live together. And uh, what do you think, Dominic? Yeah, no, I'm the odd man out. I think you guys are right. I think maybe a move to the Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth area could be in the cars. It'd be awesome. No, awesome to do the show with you guys. And yeah, pretty cool to see the little fireplace going. And, and I have to ask. Is the fireplace real or is it a prop? You want me to touch it and find out? No. Hey, I mean, if you want to touch fire, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's real, man. It was uh, it was a little chilly here at the Dallas Fort Worth area this today, and uh, man, I got home from the Texas Motor Speedway earlier. Man, I, I was cold, you know, so uh, hmm. I turned the old fireplace on, and Tyler showed up, and I said, "Hey, man, I." I need to be by the fireplace because I'm still cold, you know. There, so, there you uh, go. The house warmed your body up, and seeing Tyler in the flesh warmed your heart. <laughs> well, I don't know if that warms my body or not, but uh, <laughs> but it was good to see him. <laughs> Indeed. And, uh, guys, we, we had a great weekend in uh, Vegas together. Uh, we didn't do a live show out there like we normally would, just with, with schedules. If we all had places to be and such. But uh, we did uh, spend some time together over this past weekend. and. That was my first trip out to Vegas, period, let alone the Speedway or the city or anything. And I just absolutely loved it. Uh, still came away with money in my pocket, so that's always a good thing. But, <laughs> yes. uh, David, we'll start with you. Uh, the, the weekend in Vegas, I know that you guys didn't make the race, but uh, nonetheless, uh, still a productive weekend with other stuff going on as well. Oh, no doubt about it. But, man, I, I – golly, Tyler, Dominic, I'd be lying to you guys if I say – it was a tough weekend, you know, uh, man, uh, the RSS Greenlight racing team, uh, Jason Miller, my crew chief, Bobby Dodder, my team owner, and, you know, uh, our, Ford, our Ford Mustang, it's, uh, it's been a little bit of a struggle, a little bit of a challenge for us, but, you know, uh, just in life in general, when you fall on your face, you got to get right back up, you know, and uh, we didn't make Daytona, and that was, man, that was hard to accept. Uh, and then we go to Las Vegas here and uh, thought we were going to be really good enough. I thought practice was great for us. And we taped up, got on the racetrack to run that one qualifying lap. And I got a little free getting into uh, – when I got into turn one, 
I think I could have arced the corner a little bit more, but I drove it like I always drove it, and I got a little free in the center and didn't, didn't take much to, to put me, you know, and when you had to lift out of that gas pedal for a split second, it just, it hurts you, you know? So, uh, but man, having a, having a great crew chief, Jason Miller, and, uh, you know, just knowing uh, my team's behind me and, you know, we're working hard. Uh, there's no excuses. I mean, we, we got beat. We, we fell down. We failed. And, uh, man, all you can do is just uh, uh, just get back up and keep digging. And I'm looking forward to, to Phoenix here. Uh, I've always had great runs at Phoenix. Actually, just, you know, we didn't make the race at Las Vegas. I've won at Las Vegas before. Uh, and I've won at Phoenix before, you know. But, uh, but anyway, it's been, it's been a big challenge. I'm not going to uh, sit here and, and, and tell you it hasn't been. But uh, hopefully uh, we're making gains on it. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what, I, we need to be in that race Saturday afternoon. Yeah. That Xfinity yeah. race. It's, uh, it's killing me, man. I mean, you know, we're going to wake back up the next day, whether we win the race or not make the race. But, golly, it's, uh, man, it's like somebody stabbed you yeah. in the heart and twisted it. But, uh, but man, you know what? Uh, Having uh, Brett Bear behind me and, and Ticket Smarter, Stan Ross, and, and Digital Ally, got some great partners. And, uh, man, I'm, I can assure you that we're just working our tails off, and, and we'll get it. But, uh, but it was a challenge. But, man, you know what was, what was cool about Las Vegas, guys? Y'all were there. Anytime you go to Las Vegas, I mean, it's just electrifying, the, the, the the atmosphere, uh, it's Las Vegas, you know, but sure. guys, the racing was incredible. The truck race Friday night was unbelievable. I thought the Xfinity race was phenomenal. And then the cup race Sunday afternoons into the, into the evening time was, I thought was great. I think the NASCAR racing in all three major series was unbelievable. What y'all's thoughts about that? Yeah, uh, I, I thought it was great. Um, you know, and, and Alex Bowman ends up getting getting it done in overtime, and it was in very much uh, Alex Bowman fashion of not leading a whole la a lot of laps, but being there at the right time. And with that being said, I want to bring up this quote from Kyle Busch about Alex Bowman. Uh, this has caused some controversy uh, a bit, and something about the uh, the Stuart Haas, the, uh, the the Joe Gibbs drivers not really liking Alex Bowman a whole lot uh, as of late. Here is the quote from Kyle Busch uh, about Alex Bowman, and I want to get both of you guys' thoughts on this. Um, Kyle Busch, of course, was leading before that last caution. Looked like he was the car to beat there towards the end. And just in case people don't know or need a little refresher, he, he and the Joe Gibbs guys came in four tires. Bowman and Larson, the Hendrick guys, got two. And Bowman ended up, you know, pulling away and ended up winning in overtime. Here's what Kyle Busch said about this. The same effing, you, you guys know the word, guy <laughs> who backs into every effing win um, was, the, uh, was the quote from Kyle Busch. Uh, not giving a whole lot of credit. Uh, he said that it was BS, but the other word that Alex Bowman won that race. What do you think of those strong words from uh, Kyle Busch? Well, I, I think just hearing that, and I hadn't heard that. I, I, uh, I, I've been busy working at the racing sure. school and stuff going on, but but just hearing you uh, quote Kyle Busch there, yeah, I, I just hear a lot, whole lot of frustrations. You know, I knew he was leading leading the race with. Do you think it's personal towards Alex? No, I don't think it's personal. I just I just think it's frustrations uh, on on Kyle Busch is part. You know, I mean. 
uh, from from what I saw, he was gonna he was gonna win the race. And um, we're both getting Amber Alerts on our phones. <laughs> yeah, Kyle Busch was gonna win the race, no doubt about it. Caution comes out with three or four laps remaining, as I remember right. Yep. And Kyle had to want had to race one. Uh, you know, and uh, and man, when it when when the pit road opened up uh, to come get tires, take two, take fuel only, stay out. You know, uh, you know, it's just uh, it changed the complexion of the race. Uh, pit stop strategy uh, played a part in it. I mean, that's why these crew chiefs make the big bucks because I mean, on the Hendrick parts, uh, I don't know where Alex Bowman was running. I know he was running the top ten. And we, we really didn't hear a whole lot about Kyle Larson. But, man, when they pulled off pit road to restart the, you know, the green-white checkered, uh, man, it was like two or three of the, uh, the uh, Hendrick Motorsports cars was up near the front and had a shot at winning the race. So, you know, I can understand Kyle Busch's frustration and, and hearing that quote from Kyle Busch, you know, the, I don't think it's personable. I think it's the frustration coming out because – Really, he should have won the race, but but you know that's 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 racing. You know that's that's any short track across America. I mean, I could make the same case that Ross Chastain should have won the race over Kyle Busch. You know, I mean, if we're, if we're really going to go down that route from where yeah, Kyle he led he led the most laps. Right now, Dominic, you and I were talking after the race about this. That okay, does Alex Bowman find his way into good situations sometimes? Yes, no denying that. But at the end of the day. He didn't even have the preferred line. Kyle Larson did. And he beats up the best driver in the sport right now, head-to-head -head in a two-lap shootout. He's got, what is it now, seven career wins, second most of anybody in the last two years, only behind Kyle Larson here. Maybe he doesn't lead a whole lot of laps. But for God's sakes, can we give Alex Bowman some credit here? I mean – now, granted, I'll bet I'm a little biased. I like Alex. I've had, uh, I've interviewed him more than any other driver, not named this guy in the last couple of years. You know, he's been very accessible, been a great guy. But uh, I mean, come on. I mean, he, he deserves some more credit here, don't you think? I think so, too. I, I'll be the first to say, too, I was very impressed when you back up six years ago and he was filling in for the injured Dale Earnhardt Jr. And he won the pole at Phoenix in that penultimate race before the championship race in 16, led something like 200 laps and lost the race on pit road, ended up finishing eighth or whatever it was. But Alex Bowman knows how to find himself in the right situations. And seven wins, I mean, he didn't just luck into him, right? Maybe there were some circumstances that came his way, but sure, Alex Bowman has won seven times in the Cup Series. That's a lot more than most can ever say in their entire careers, right? There's people that dream about being just in a Cup race, and let alone winning seven times. And, David, you brought up a great point. You had said that Kyle's comments there sounded – just like a lot of frustration and nothing personal. And I would agree with that too. Kind of like when I've talked with Jeff Bodine in the past and he's talked about the stuff and the beef that there was there with Dale Earnhardt. Yeah. Okay. That stuff was on the racetrack. It, it boiled onto the racetrack and they of course had the meeting in Daytona with NASCAR, but once it left the track, it was left, it was leaving the track. It was nothing personal. It was just against Jeff Bodine, the racer and Dale Earnhardt, the racer, not the person. No, no doubt about it, Dominic. And, and, you know, my question, you got, What's the one lap you want to lead? There's only one important lap in NASCAR. That's the final lap. You know right. what I mean? And uh, you know, I think Alex Bowman. You uh, uh, you know, he uh, Hi, dog. Uh, Alex Bowman. You know, 
when you run as good as Alex Bowman has and all the Hendrick cars, uh, you put yourself in a situation. Uh, if you can run in the top 10 week in and week out, I mean, you, the wins are going to come. You know what I mean? And maybe Alex Bowman didn't have the fastest car, but when that caution came out at the, at the end, when the caution came out at the end, it changed the complexity of the race. I mean, Alex Bowman's crew chief made a great call, but only take two tires and maybe a small adjustment. And that was all he needed, you know? And uh, when they came off pit road, I mean, the Hendrick cars were in front of Kyle Busch and it was only a, a, a two lap dash for the cash, you know? And uh, man, it, and Alex Bowman won the race. And like, like Tyler was saying, I mean, he beat Kyle Larson. I mean, I really thought Kyle Larson, Larson had the line because he was squeezing Bowman down on the bottom. I thought Bowman was going to get loose in the center of the corner. But, man, Bowman, uh, his car seemed like it was perfect. And, man, he drove through the center of that corner, and, uh, man, he pulled ahead. And uh, he earned that win. You know, he earned it. Uh, I just think, uh, Dominic, like, like we're saying, and, and hearing Tyler's, uh, to read uh, Kyle Busch's comment, that's, I mean, that's purely frustration because Kyle should have won that race. And you look, you know, if I remember right, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was, you know, in practice on Friday that Kyle Bush, I think he wrecked his primary he car. He did. Started in the back of the field with a, with a car that was a parts car seven hours before. Yeah, and, it, you know, it says a lot about the, the Joe Gibbs racing. I mean, they took a car that wasn't even completed, and like Tyler just said, seven hours later, they put this thing together, rewrapped it. I mean, and that thing was a rocket ship all day long. To come back and finish the race fourth is, is to me, a tremendous, tremendous accomplishment be, because when they rolled that car off the trailer – it wasn't complete. It was far from being complete. It wasn't ready to race. I think I had heard that it took them maybe nine, 10 hours to get the car, you know, through tech, get it ready to race. And the start did last. And to be as competitive as Kyle Busch was, man, it just says a lot about that Joe Gibbs racing program, which we know is a powerhouse. And when you, when you know you say – Joe Gibbs racing, you're talking championship caliber. You know what I mean? So, I, you know, I can see the frustrations in Kyle Busch hearing his, his uh, statement, but, man, he has nothing to hang his hat on. His team, his organization, Kyle Busch himself, his, old, his whole team, his crew chief, unbelievable what they accomplished on Sunday. Now, let me ask you guys this. Last thing on Alex Bowman, then we'll kind of move on and talk about some other headlines from the race as well. Dominic, I wonder this, when you look at Kyle Busch's comments, when you look at Denny Hamlin a couple months ago calling him a hack, and I love that Alex is turning these into T-shirts and making sales out of it. I mean, that's great marketing. I'm glad that he's kind of figured out his own thing there that he's you know, profiting from it. But, I mean, when we talk about the Hendrick drivers, even though he's got the second most wins in the last two years, he seems to be the afterthought of the afterthought. It seems like people talk about William Byron even more than him. Is there, a, is there a lack of respect for Alex Bowman here? I mean, what, what, what is going on? It seems like from not only just drivers, but even fans too, um, Alex Bowman is kind of an afterthought. Why, why do you think that is? 
Well, and I'll be the first to say, and I think we talked about on the podcast here before, I've said, oh, we've got 300 drivers in Alex Bowman. And Alex Bowman's still great. He still runs in the top 10 a lot. He's still going to put formidable finishes together. But you're right. He is like the forgotten Hendrick Motorsports driver. And, and, and that could be a number of factors. I mean, Alex has always run well in the equipment that he's had. He's always gotten the most of it. And, and I feel, correct me if I'm wrong here, if you guys think this or not, but like the way he, he went about his career and he was pretty much done in the cup series. And then he got the opportunity at Hendrick. It's like, he got that second chance. It kind of gave me shades of Mark Martin because Mark Martin had a similar start to his career where he ran around not running well in his first few years, left the cup series completely. And then he came back and has made a stellar career out like how he did Roush in the late eighties into the nineties. I feel like that's what Bowman has done in the late 2010s into the early 2020s. He's making the most of these opportunities and he's getting better and better each year. But yeah, I, for whatever reason, there's always that fourth driver that seems to get bagged on at Hendrick Motorsports. And, and I feel like that was Casey Kane a few years prior. Right. And, and Casey, granted, he didn't have the success at Hendrick that he had at Everham even, but he wasn't bad at Hendrick. What, what do you think, David? Why do you think that Alex Bowman is being treated the way he is? Well, I think it might just be the car number he's racing. You know, you look at seven-time Replacing two Hall of Famers in Jimmy, his career. Jimmy Johnson. I mean, just, you know, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy was just a, he was just a, a great, great guy, great spokesman for our sport. I mean, seven-time champion. There was only, you know, there's only two other guys that done that, you know. Right. And, uh, you know, and I think Jimmy was a quiet champion. You know, Jimmy didn't have that very outgoing personality beat on his chest, and he wasn't a really outspoken guy. He won a ton of races, won all the championships. What he did, I don't think it ever be done before. But the, the way he went about doing it kind of quietly. Yeah. And I think Alex Bowman kind of reminds me of that. You know, he's winning races. Uh, you know, no matter how he wins the races, he's there when it counts, and that's for on the final lap. And you know, with the little strategy from the from the uh, from the crew chief and the team, uh, but he drives. You know, he's a great race car driver. Drove the wheels off that car Sunday afternoon to put that forty eight car in victory lane. But Alex is not one of those big personality guys drivers that we hear a lot from. He's kind of, you know, just kind of, you know, his he's his own person. Sure. And he's not very loud. He's not in the spotlight a lot. And uh, I don't know. I mean. I really can't answer that question, but man, I do know that uh, he's very capable. He's proven that seven times already in the cup series. And I think we're going to hear a lot about Alex Bowman. And I think we're going to see some championship championships to years to, on, to years to come. Uh, but man, you can't, when you think about cup racing and who the potential winners are, Alex Bowman has to be a guy we got to start putting up there for, for a championship run. I think so. I think so. Uh, guys, the the race within the race to me is always fascinating of the manufacturers, right? And, you know, you go back to the Daytona 500. It was the Fords and Austin Cindric that got it done. And the dual races, of course, uh, RFK Racing won those dual races. Yeah, fast forward to uh, Fontana and that race, Kyle Larson in a Chevrolet. This week at Las Vegas, Alex Bowman in a Chevy. But the Toyotas were the fastest of the field with Denny Hamlin and his self-inflicted wound of the, the shifting situation. And uh, Kyle Busch, of course, probably had the best or second best car. And Martin just Martin Truex is up there, but, you know, bad pit strategy at the end of the race. 
So with that being said, here we are through three races. And so far, David, it looks like the manufacturers are pretty close to the same level at this point with this new car right now. And for the fans, that's a win for everybody. Man, it's unbelievable. I think we talked about it last week on our podcast. Uh, Dominic might even said it. Uh, you know, we haven't had these this many competitors finish in the top 10 since 1973, Dominic, I think you said That's that. That's correct. Yes, and that trend continued, too, with 25 drivers scoring a top 10 in the first three races. You have to go back all the way to the 70s since the last time that happened. And 14 drivers have scored a top five finish in the first three races. That's insane. Kyle Larson's the only reason. Three different winners. Yeah, and three yeah. different winners. And three different poll winners. You know, I think that's good for the sport. I think uh, the manufacturers are, are equal. And I think NASCAR has done a great job to try to equal up the different manufacturers. And, uh, man, I think it's good. I think it's made the racing great. You know what I mean? The racing has always been great. But I think it's uh, it's kind of equalized the field some, you know. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes, I mean, like you said, at, uh, at Daytona, uh, it was the Ford teams, you know, Ford's, uh, you know, and it was, uh, I think, Roger Penske's teams up there. And mm -hmm. then uh, mm -hmm. and then you look at Las Vegas this week, it was Joe Gibbs' cars up mm -hmm. there. And then the, the last race at California, it was the Hendrick Motorsports cars, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's kind of interesting that it's, uh, you know, it seems like each week there's a powerhouse team that's dominating the race, you know. So uh, I don't know. I think the racing's been great for years. And I think, you know, I'm surprised how good the racing is with this new next-gen race car. But, guys, man, I, I don't know about y'all's thoughts are, but in practice in the race, man, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of spins and a lot of crashes that are happening with this new car. looks like it's a big challenge. It's very challenging to keep these things underneath, underneath the drivers. Isn't it wild? I was thinking about this, Dominic. When you look at, let's take example, Kyle Busch. Here's a guy that in you know qualifying spins out rex's race car with no one else around him but then he gets through 400 miles unscathed and arguably should have won the race i mean this car is unpredictable and, and <laughs> if that happens no absolutely and gosh i'm just i'm so amazed at the parody in the cup series this year and we're always wanting different drivers to lead and you, know, you always talk about like in the 90s right the team that was first to the team that was 30th, there wasn't that much separation. I feel like we're back at that level again. And then just kind of just, I guess, backtracking too on some of these numbers. I mean, the fact that we haven't had a driver lead more than 100 laps this season through the first three races of the season is just wild to me. That's, yeah. I believe that hasn't happened since the 1970s as well. So that's nuts, guys. This, this new car, I think, is living up to the parity and to the, the differences we're seeing with the racing, we're seeing guys up front that we probably wouldn't have seen up front last year. And we're seeing the cream rise to the top. I mean, we're seeing Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, our, our usual suspects, but other guys in those covers and goers throughout the race. Yes. Yeah, we certainly are. Uh, speaking of, of a guy that did lead a lot of laps, let's uh, let's talk about him next. Uh, Ross Chastain in that number one uh, ACM awards card, Dolly Parton for the uh, ride along. Uh, great to have her on board. He, he might want to have Dolly on the car more often based on the way that he ran on Sunday. Uh, Ross had a very good chance to win, but, you know, strategy didn't necessarily work out there towards the end, but they showed a lot of speed. That Trackhouse team has done very well through three weeks of this season so far. I told you guys last week that I felt like this was going to be a breakout year for Tyler Reddick and that I think Eric Jones is going to get that 43 car in victory lane. 
I think that Ross Chastain, guys, is going to deliver Trackhouse its first playoff berth. I think that he's going to find a way to get into victory lane maybe a couple times. But that's a guy that doing it at Vegas and with the speed that they, they've shown here, Trackhouse doing a very good job, David. I really like what I've seen from uh, the watermelon man, Ross Chastain. And Las Vegas, uh, I, I know that for them, they're probably thinking, man, we should have won that race. But they got a lot of stuff they can build on from here going forward. They're going to be competitive, I think, all year. Man, Trackhouse has done a, a tremendous job. Uh, Daniel Suarez and Ross Chastain, I mean, both those guys, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of them victory lane next week, you know. But, you know, Ross was very impressive there at Las Vegas. And Ross has always been impressive. I mean, as a driver, uh, man, that, that kid, he's been good for a lot of years. And no matter if he's in the truck series, Xfinity series, now the cup series, uh, I don't think a win's too far away, uh, Tyler, like you're saying. And uh, I think that's a team we really got to pay attention to. To be only in a sophomore year as as an organization, man, I, I've, I've been so impressed. It's amazing. Well, and, and Dominic, uh, I know that you followed the story of, of Ross Chastain as close as anybody. And, and uh, I mean, it felt like last year was his real rookie year, right? I mean, you know, the – he was in some bad equipment when he had raced and he was doing so many races. Last year was the first time that he was just full-time in cup and good equipment. And you know, we saw him have some impressive runs towards the end of last year, the way that he's raced. Uh, I'm excited for Ross. I think that's a, a heck of a story, what Ross Chastain's been through. 100% because you go from a promised top tier Xfinity ride to that sponsorship falling through and having to kind of retrack and, and kind of redo your career. And I remember asking Ross in 2019, he he raced the truck race, I believe, it was at Iowa. Let's say it was on a Saturday night. And he flew back to Sonoma to run the cup race in premium motorsports equipment. And he knew he wasn't going to win and didn't run stellar, right? And I, and I asked him point blank, I mean, why'd you do it, right? Go cross country, run this race. He goes, this is all going to come in handy someday. This, this is all going to be experience that will pay off down the road. And, and, and it's paying off, Tyler. All this experience, all the dues that he paid and the equipment that he raced in in the Cup Series at all three levels of NASCAR's top touring national series. Ross Chastain is delivering. He looked really good on Sunday. And granted, it's only his first top 10 finish of the year, but I think there's more in store. And I think there's gonna be a lot more laps left from Ross. Well, David, you can appreciate this. I mean, Ross is a guy that he's never come from money. You know, I mean, he he, he came to track house and, and uh, just as Mark said, look, we're not hiring Daniel, or we're not hiring, uh, you know, Ross, because of money, he doesn't have any. Uh, we're hiring him because we believe in the talent that he is as a race car driver, a guy that has literally taken advantage of every opportunity in front of him, and now we're seeing it pay off. Man, I love it. That's what that's what NASCAR is all about, and uh, I love I love the story. I love that Justin Marks believed in him and and hired him because of his ability, not that he had money or not had money. You know what I mean? So. Uh, that's that's what that's what racing's all about. Put put the put the put the men or women in there that deserve the right. You know what I mean? I mean you, you think about racing across America. There's a lot of great young kids out there, whether it be a female or a male, that has lots and lots of talent that may not ever get to race at the level we've been racing at for years. Mm -hmm. And NASCAR make a living at it. And it's refreshing to know that there's owners out there that will put a, a, a person 
that has the ability and the talent in the race car because they have that talent and that ability. And I think it's refreshing for the sport. It is. It is. Let's move ahead and uh, move on to this week as uh, we're looking ahead to Phoenix. So, David, we started out with the Super Speedway Daytona, two and a half miles. Then we go to Auto Club, two-mile track. Then you move to Vegas, mile and a half. Now we're going to drop another half mile <laughs> down to a mile course in Phoenix here. Totally different from the other three previous races we've been at to start out the season. No doubt about it. I, I love it. I think, uh, and the Phoenix racetrack is, is just a great racetrack. It, it creates great racing, not a lot of banking, a lot of braking, uh, you know, a lot of action. Uh, so, man, I'm excited to go back to Phoenix and race because it's a great track. But, uh, but man, again, you're going to see great racing from, uh, you know, from the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But man, it's, that's what's cool about NASCAR. One week you're at a super a super speedway, and the next week you're on a, a on a half mile on a on a mile racetrack, you know, and, uh, and you know, and to see who's gonna, you know, on the Cup side, who's gonna come out uh, victorious, and uh, you know, just kind of watching what's gonna be happening. But it's uh, it's what an exciting track. The Phoenix International Raceway have put a lot of money, in, a lot of changes. And a lot of excitement around that racetrack has been for years now. Yeah, Dominic, you know, I, I feel like normally in this type of race, we would be sitting here talking about, okay, what notes can you take from this and apply to the finale of that November race? But with this being a brand new car and that race being so far away and how much we're going to learn about this car between now and then, I, I'm not even – thinking about that race at all right now i mean it's that that seems so distant in the future i mean there's the, the these two races i don't think are going to be close to each other at all i agree with you there tyler and you look at the last six nascar cup races at phoenix we've had six different winners and even beyond that you go to the last i think it's 10 out of 11 races we've had a different winner at phoenix in the last five years so there's so much to consider this weekend and yeah, I think the championship is furthest from their minds. Now, I'm sure drivers and crew chiefs will be keeping their notebooks and, and trying things that could potentially work down the road. But right now, it's anybody's guess of who's going to be in that Final Four. I mean, it really is. There's just so much, so much parity with the competition. It, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it seemed like over the winter time they had a test there in Phoenix. I think it was a two-day test. And and, and I, I, I don't remember. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember – if I remember right, I think uh, Chase Elliott spun out twice. There were there was maybe seven or eight teams there testing cars, and and I remember there were some crashes. There was a lot of cars spinning out, and uh, so you know I don't I don't really think that obviously the last race at Phoenix was was the championship race of 2021. You have a completely different, completely different type of race car. And uh, I'm, I'm just curious to see how practice goes and how the race turns out because, I mean, you know, I don't, I, I think just a select few went down there and tested. And from, if I remember right, Tyler, I don't think there were a lot of them that had it figured out when they left, you know. So I, I think it's going to be a learning experience and uh, it's going to be something new for all the teams. And uh, I think the fans are going to be in for a, a real treat to see how the race turns out. I think it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I think so. Um, Dominic, uh, last thing in Phoenix, and then we'll 
get to our uh, news and notes. So some names to watch. Who, uh, who comes to mind for you this weekend in Phoenix? Well, there for a while, it seemed like it was the Kevin Harvick Invitational in Phoenix where he'd won four in a row, and he seemed like the man to beat. It's been a while since Kevin's been to Victory Lane, too. It has. Last time I went to Victory Lane was 2020. So we're, we're going on almost a year and a half now. I've not seen that four-car in Victory Lane, but I think Kevin Harvick is somebody to watch for this Sunday. Kyle Larson, another driver that you could look to to have a consistent run. Joey Logano. A lot of these guys who have run really well at Phoenix Raceway over the last few years, and those three names that I mentioned have been winners very recent. At the, at the track. So I'd expect that. And, and also how they've redone the track where you actually have the start finish line now on the old backstretch and how the cars barrel off into turn one, three, four, and sometimes five wide. I don't think it's out of question. We could see a big crash this Sunday. Yeah, uh, I hope not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, you never it, know. Certainly, uh, certainly delivers some great action. And, and David, you go back to, uh, you know, the, the November race, you know, it was the call on pit road. They got Kyle Larson that win, uh, you know, they put him in position, capitalize and win the championship. Um, and then, you know, we look back at this past weekend, call on pit road, puts Alex Bowman in good position. He, he takes home the win. This, this race, I, I would guess, is going to come down right to the very last pit stop based on uh, history here. Man, no doubt. Seems like uh, seems like that's sure that's what it's been the last couple of races. Just a caution at the end changes the complexity of the race. Who we think is going to win, then a caution comes out, you know. And one of the things I was just sitting here thinking about was uh, uh, momentum. Who's got the most momentum on their side? Alex Bowman, confident momentum. I mean, after winning the race there at Las Vegas. I wouldn't see, be surprised to see the, you know, all four of the Hendrick Motorsports cars up front there at Phoenix. And I would not, it wouldn't surprise me one bit to see Alex Bowen back into victory lane and be the first guy in 2022 with back-to-back -back win because. That's man, his we, home track, right? That's his home track. You got all that, you know, you got a lot of momentum behind you and, and the confidence of a racing team. You know, I, I'm, uh, it's just going to be exciting to see, but it wouldn't be surprising to me, me to see Alex Bowman back into victory lane. Yeah, uh, I certainly could see that. Um, should be a lot of fun come Sunday. Uh, we'll uh, be uh, looking forward to that, the NASCAR Cup race at Phoenix this weekend. Uh, guys, let's go ahead and uh, move on. Uh, time for our news and notes segment where we find out the latest happenings in the motorsports world. Dominic, where do we start this time? Sure, we start with March 8th on Tuesday, March 8th. A new NASCAR Cup Series team has been announced. So Team Stange Racing, Stange Racing, I believe I'm saying that right, will be fielding eight Cup races in 2022 with Tarso Marquez, an F1 driver. They will be taking on the schedule starting on at the Road America race in July and kind of handpick some races from there. Dignity Gold, a U.S.-based digital security company, will be sponsoring the car. And the team looks to run the number 79 car. It looks like they're going to be a Ford team, a Ford-affiliated Mustang team. No word on other information, but guys, I mean, we're seeing some more teams come into the Cup Series, and now we get to see somebody who's got the F1 and IndyCar experience behind the wheel, like we saw with Jacques Villeneuve in the Daytona 500. Yeah, uh, David, another new team? Well, I, I, you know, it just, it just shows you – it says a lot about our sport of NASCAR. I mean, so many F1 drivers – I mean, I say so many of them, but – Jacques Villeneuve, now this driver, what's his name? Uh, Carso Marquez. Yeah, I mean, another F1 driver. I mean, it says a lot about NASCAR racing worldwide 
when people want to, from across the, across the pond, want to come over here to America and race in NASCAR, you know, it just shows you how popular our sport is, you know, with Michael Jordan and Pitbull. And, you know, I just think our sport is just growing so much. And yeah. those guys really, you know, I think people know around the world what NASCAR is. And this, this is just another, you know, another uh, team to come together with another form, for, former Formula One driver racing. It just says a lot about our sport. Yeah. Uh, Dominic, uh, this, uh, this team here uh, coming in, uh, what can you tell us about uh, them and the, the driver and all that? Yeah, so the team's going to be building a Ford Mustang, and it looks like the, the team's going to have Roush Power under the hood. So, you know, that's going to be a fast vehicle. And it looks like that first race is going to be at Road America, July 3rd. And some other races I had seen sprinkled, I guess they're going to do like a, the, the truck race out at Sonoma in June. I believe I'd seen Phoenix was on their schedule. So they have eight races planned and, yeah, kind of get dipping their toes in the NASCAR Cup Series and seeing what's going to happen. You know, I, I, would, I would say, David, if you're a small team, new team, whatever, and if you want to compete right away, your best bet probably is, as especially if you're trying to find, you know, an F1 or international driver of some sort, your best bet probably is let's go find somebody that knows how to run road courses and we're going to throw them out there and and try to use their advantage of how they race on road courses. We saw it last year with uh, A.J. Allmendinger taking that Colleg car to uh, victory lane in the cup side in Indy and only Colleg's, what, third or fourth start in the cup level? I mean, uh, that's the way to do it, right? Man, no doubt. With this next-gen car, I mean, uh, I mean, our, our, the same powerhouse teams are, are, are in our same winners, Kyle Busch, uh, Kyle Larson, you know, the – the same guys are stepping up to plate win these races that we've seen in the past. But, you know, is it a good, it's a great time to get into NASCAR cup racing these days, because I still think like we've been talking about the, the playing field is somewhat equal. And, and, you know, like we just talked about Phoenix this week, there's not a big notebook on how you set up these next gen cars. I mean, there's not a lot of knowledge out there. And I think when the teams get there, I mean, they're building that notebook to find it, to try to figure out what this car needs to be able to race it as hard as the drivers need to race them. And if you're a new team coming in, I think uh, it kind of you kind of somewhat have an even playing field. You know, if we talked about a new team coming in last year, competing against uh, our regular superstars in the Cup Series, I say, man, they're you know they uh, they got a big challenge in front of them. But this year in 2022, with this new new race car. I think a new team coming in is, is really smart and something that uh, that's a doable deal to be somewhat competitive. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right about that. Uh, Dominic, uh, the Blaney family had some exciting news. The Blaney family sure does. Ryan Blaney will be joining the SRX series alongside his father, Dave Blaney. And, guys, it just seems like with the SRX series, we're getting more and more of these NASCAR connections. We found out that Ryan Newman is joining the series a few weeks back, too, and Greg Biffle's going full-time in 2022, and Michael Waltrip and Bobby Labonte. A lot of NASCAR connections on the SRX side of things. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the case with Ryan and Dave Blaney, it's a one-off for each of them, that final race. It's at their home track where each of them grew up racing over the years, and uh, what a night. I mean, uh, I think David SRX is doing a really good job of for just their six weeks of, of drawing attention to each race with each making each one special to end the very last night with uh, 
with Dave and Ryan at their home track. Last year we saw Chase and uh, and Bill Elliott on the track together. Uh, things that we would have never seen before uh, in NASCAR. Now we're seeing in SRX. Well, I think you know SRX the the marketing ability and and that those types of promotion to see a father and a son. Dave Dave Blaney, a superstar in NASCAR racing for years, now see his son Ryan Blaney uh, racing yeah, as a superstar in the Cup Series, NASCAR Cup Series these days, and to bring these two father and son combination into a race like they did last year with Chase Elliott and Bill Elliott. I mean, you know, it's like, man, people are drawn to that. You know what I mean? Something NASCAR can't do. We, we're not going to bring Bill Elliott in a race and with, with Chase Elliott. I mean, it'd be awesome, but it's not that simple. That process is complicated. Right. And SRX, SRX has simplified it. And, uh, man, I, I just think, man, this SRX, this new racing series that, that Ray Abraham and Tony Stewart have put together is, is phenomenal on the promotion and marketing side. And, man, it's, it's creating – it's driving eyeballs to that television or to that racetrack. And, guys, I don't know about you guys, but something special is going on there, you know. And, uh, I mean, they could – I mean – I mean, in the future, you could be seeing SRX competing against NASCAR. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, and what I like what they've done, you know, with it just being six races over the summer, primetime on CBS, they had good ratings. Now that they've, they they didn't give people too much. It wasn't like what we've seen, of, you know, in football when we've had alternate football leagues like the XFL or USFL in the past, whatever it may be, after a while – it's like, okay, I've had enough of this. Bye. Get out of here. SRX gave us just enough to want more in 2022. And maybe next year they expand the schedule a little bit more. But I really like the way that this is promoted and been planned. This has been well thought out, Dominic, of short tracks, six races. You're on CBS. The guys that they're bringing in, um, a, a lot of credit to Tony Stewart and Ray Everham for – how well thought out that they've been putting this all together. Well, I think you said it best, Howard. They've been very strategic, and they're giving the viewer that, that anticipation. We want more racing. We want to see more. Because it's unlimited, what, 12 competitors each week, six races across the schedule. I mean, that's enough to just make you say, I want some more of this. And they're marketing this thing correctly. And David, I think you're onto something there. Maybe in the not-too-distant future, we see some more SRX, and it could be a, a main competitor here in, in major motorsports. It already is, but even more so. Well, you think about it. IndyCar has, what, 16, 17 events right now? If SRX went up to 10, just even four more, then that's a viable series, right? Right now, it's just, you know, kind of, you know, a, a, a sideshow, promotion of sorts. But a championship that could mean something if you're running 10 races or something, and it's not that far off. So I love where they're headed with this. And you mentioned some of the names. Ryan Newman just got out of a, of, of a cup car. Um, you know, Tony Stewart won this last year. He's back. You mentioned, you know, Bobby Labonte. I think I think Elio Castroneves might be coming back. And Elio won the Indy. He won the Indy 500 last year. I mean, mm -hmm. there's some good drivers in this, David. It's amazing, you know. It's, it's, it's. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm paying attention to it, focused on it because it's intriguing. You know, the racing's incredible. The cars 
supposedly are so are prepared uh, by the same organization. Each car is kind of like an IROC car. Yeah. Uh, all the cars are the same, and they just put drivers in each car. And uh, but man, I, I uh, it's it's really amazing. And like you guys were saying, I think this thing was just planned out flawlessly. You know what I mean? And uh, and the viewers, they they they're craving for more. You know, I can't wait to see another one of those races. And I think all the viewers and all the fans that have been paying attention to it, you know, it's like, give us more, give us more, you know? So uh, it's, uh, they, they just, I mean, I could, I never would have thought that there would have been another series that somewhat could compete with NASCAR and man, Ray Abraham and Tony Stewart are doing it and they're doing it in a way where their fans are just can't get enough of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's going to be interesting how this series and how it all plays out in the future but, man, I can't wait for that first race this summer. I'm looking forward to it myself. Yeah, and uh, they're not running out of Eldora this time. Uh, that one surprised me. They, they mix up the track schedule a bit. So uh, no track advantage there for Tony Stewart. And <laughs> he claims that he doesn't get into these race cars more than anyone else does, that uh, he tries to keep things even. So it uh, should be a lot of fun. SRX coming up this summer. We'll be all over that here on uh, Let's Go Racing. Uh, Dominic, uh, anything else on the news and notes front? Before we move One on? last thing to mention here. So a tradition that had started in the late 1990s is going to continue after all into 2022. Austin Sindrick's Daytona 500 winning number two car will be on display at Daytona USA. The track had announced on Tuesday, March 8th. The car, Roger Penske wanted to make sure the tradition continued on. The two cars are going to stay there on display. And the plan for the team, according to Penske, was they were going to retire the car anyway for the sentimental value and for what it had gone through in winning that Daytona 500. So they figured, why not? Let's keep the car at Daytona USA. They had a photo op with it, and Austin Sindrick was there on Tuesday in Daytona. The tradition rolls on. So great tradition, but, uh, but David, I was thinking about it, I mean, that car was bad fast. Uh, I bet Austin's <laughs> would like to get back out <laughs> in that same car Talladega here. No doubt about it. But man, I I love Roger Penske. I mean, the tradition of, of American auto racing, Indianapolis 500, Daytona 500. You know that that car has so much sentimental value to the Penske organization, and uh, and and I think I totally agree with them. Even though that race car was super fast, it would probably go on to win. Talladega, probably go back to Daytona and win again. But I love it that Roger Penske and NASCAR, let's keep these traditions. Let's not forget. Let's 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 follow these traditions. You know what I mean? So I, I, I that's news to me, and that's really great music to my ear to hear the tradition is going to continue. That's just the right thing to do. And Tyler, I uh, I believe I, I I agree with you, but don't forget about the tradition, you know. So I love it that I'm hearing this news. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good news yeah. uh, to, to see that. And the fans will get their pictures and their photo ops and the confetti is still going to be on the car and all that stuff there at uh, Daytona USA for the next year. Uh, let's go ahead and move on. Our final segment before we wrap up today's show is our Ask David segment. We ask you to submit questions to us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash David Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast, and by email, David Star Podcast at gmail.com. Let's go ahead and go to the inbox now. First email, this one comes from Barry, and Barry wants to know, David, how is inflation and the record high gas prices affecting NASCAR? Well, man, Barry, that's a great question, and I have to be honest with you, 
we were talking about it earlier, Tyler. The inflation is off the charts, you know, but I haven't really seen it affect our sport yet. I believe it will soon. I mean, it has to. Uh, you know, we're out here. Uh, you know, we've been out on the on the West Coast in California, Las Vegas, Phoenix. But you know, to fill up these uh, transporters that move these race cars across America. I mean, and the, what the gas prices are for all Americans, not only just our sport, for every sport and every American out there. I mean, it's hitting our wallet hard. I, myself, you, Dominic, all of us, you yeah. know. So, but so far in 2022, I hadn't really seen the effects of it in our garage area. It hasn't affect, affected the way the racing is. Uh, the fans in the stands are unbelievable. The Sunday's cup race, all the people that were there, the excitement around it. So I have not seen it affect our sport yet. And, and, you know, I'm just thinking, I've been thinking about that. I said, man, I hope, you know, two weeks from now or a month from now, things don't change, you know, but I hadn't seen anything right now. I wanted to, I wanted to hear what y'all's thoughts were. Well, Dominic, I, I think of, you know, what, when the recession hit, you know, in the you know, late 2000s, and it was full-on affected NASCAR in every single way possible. And what we're going through right now, it's not great, but it's not what it was then. And I would say that what NASCAR went through back then prepared them for what we're seeing right now, that the financial adjustments that NASCAR has made since that happened back then has more prepared NASCAR to go through this time that we're seeing. I would if, guess that it's going to affect attendance eventually, that as it will all sports, if we keep seeing rising prices and people can't afford to go to the racetrack or go to a ball game here and there, that eventually will happen if things keep up at this rate. But that would be my educated guess, I would think, is that what NASCAR went through prepared them for now. And to add on to that, I think hearing that question that Barry had and just kind of thinking of where everything is in the direction of the sport, I feel like right now, and, and David, I'm sure you can give more insight on this too, I feel like the teams are feeling this first, and, and more specifically your hauler drivers, right? You look anywhere in the country, it's $5 for a gallon of gas or diesel. Some places it's even more. So I'm sure that might be affecting on, okay, maybe you would fill up in this town or you'd fill up here. Maybe we got to adjust our fuel stops as we go across the country. And guys, I've seen these haulers are going back and forth on I-40 here on this West Coast swing. Some of these teams are going back and forth from North Carolina to the West Coast every week. So that cost has to certainly be calculated. I feel like that inflation cost is being felt by the teams on the, on the forefront. The first-hand account, my guess, would be at the pump. Yeah. Uh, David, uh, you, you were around back when, uh, when that happened, when the recession affected NASCAR. Take us back then. I mean, that was some hard times for the sport. Man, it, it was, and it was a challenge for the whole sport and the teams and the fans, everybody, you know, but, you know, uh, you know, we got through it, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, it, it was rough. It was challenging, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just sitting here thinking about inflation, you know, and gas prices and, you know, instead of it costing 50 bucks to fill up your car, now it's 75 or 80 bucks, you know, and then, uh, you know, you walk in the grocery store and you go grocery shopping for your family. And, and, you know, instead of being $150, you know, to take care of your family for a couple of weeks, now it's $300, you know. So, you know, you, you got to think that uh, that maybe the cost of living is just, 
you know, when, when that extra money that all these families and our fans of NASCAR racing have that uses to buy these tickets across at the racetracks, you know, when you start using, lose, using up extra money, uh, you know, it kind of, kind of takes away from, you know, your entertainment, you know, not going to be able to go to this baseball game or, or an NFL game or an NBA game. And, you know, maybe might not, instead of going to two NASCAR races this year, maybe we're only going to get to be able to go to one, you know? So, I don't know. I, I just hope for the best for, for the whole country. Uh, I know inflation's just off the charts right now. The gas prices, they, you know, it seems like it, it goes up six or seven cents every day. Uh, I just hope it doesn't affect, doesn't really change the whole country. You know what I mean? I, I hope, you know, I, I just hope all the sports and the fans for whatever sport you want to go see, I hope that stays where it's at and gets even better. But, you know, common sense tells you that something's got to give eventually, you know, and uh, I just, uh, man, our, everything's going so good in our industry that we're proud of. The racing's great. The fans are there. You know, we just came out of pan a pandemic and, uh, you know, it's, it's awesome to see all the people sitting in the stands and have such a great audience. And uh, to see that kind of, uh, you know, to see something happen again where it takes – takes the fans back out of our racing stadiums across the country, it, it would just be, it'd be sad, but, uh, yeah. but something's got to give here shit soon. Dominic, you mentioned uh, haulers, by the way, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring this up. Terrible news with uh, David Gilvin's uh, ARCA team as uh, there was a crash and uh, the hauler driver did not survive. Yeah, Steven Stoss, the driver for the David Gilwin racing team, tragically lost his life Tuesday in a crash in route to Phoenix, actually, for the NASCAR ARCA race. They're filling the 17 car there for Tanner Gray. And I'm sure we're going to get more details as everything comes out. But, yes, definitely our thoughts and prayers with the Sots family and all that have been involved and have been affected by this terrible tragedy. Yeah, uh, David, just horrible news. Oh, just just sad, man. I, it, it's just – I can't imagine what his family's going through, you know, uh, dad, son, husband, father. I mean, just – out there making a living and, and driving a transporter for David Gillen and racing with like all our transporter drivers that, that drive all these racing team haulers across the country. You know, they're great people, passionate about auto racing and it's a job to take care of their families. And, and uh, you know, I, I just, you know, it, it's hard to even comprehend it. Just my heart's heavy for the family. And uh, it's just, you know, I can't imagine uh, what the family's going through and uh, the racing team, what they're going through and, and uh, just a sad day to get that news, to be honest with you. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah. Uh, certainly we send our best uh, to the family and to the uh, uh, David Gillen uh, racing team uh, as uh, they go through this uh, tough time. i uh, got another question uh, in the inbox and uh, this one comes from James and it's actually for Dominic. Uh, the question from James is, Dominic, as a Packer fan, how do you feel about Aaron Rodgers staying in town? Well, you guys have know I've been vocal about it. I think he's been the problem in Green Bay with all the rifts and the, the controversies. <laughs> at the same time, if he's going to take my team to the NFC Championship game every year, okay, I'm along for the ride for the next four years. I don't know about a Super Bowl, but at least NFC Championship and playoff appearances are in the cards. That's what I have to say about that. What do you guys think about Rodgers returning? For, so, David, I don't know if you saw the numbers, but it's rumored, uh, not official yet, four years, 
$200 million for him to stay with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's had a heck of a career. And uh, other than Dominic, uh, Packers fans are pretty happy right now. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when you think about, you know, I don't know, when I think about NFL and you think about Green Bay Packers, I think about, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, you know, they just kind of go together, you know, it's it, you know, I know it's the business of any sport, business of the NFL, uh, but man, you know, it's like when you when you see these uh, franchise quarterbacks, superstar quarterbacks, you know, that are branded to a, a city and to a team, it's sad to see that break up. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I, when I think again, yeah, you know, we just saw Russell Wilson head to the uh, Broncos, leaving uh, Seattle after more I mean, than that. Day. That's, I mean, that's. That's just hard. I know that's hard on the fans. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of like, man, it's like you can't take, you know, it's kind of like taking the Green Bay Packers out of, out, of, out of Green Bay. You know what I mean? Right. And and you can't take Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay. You know what I mean? It just, I don't know. They just, they go together. You know what I mean? So kind of what my thinking is. Well, putting it back in racing terms, guys, you know, if if people had to do it all over again, I don't think uh, Junior Nation would have ever wanted Dale to leave the number eight Budweiser Chevy. No. Even though he went to a better team at Hendrick Motorsports and got to join Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson and all that, Dominic, I mean, if if you could rewrite history, uh, Junior would have never left that number eight Bud car. No, of course not. He would have finished – he would have started his career and finished his career in the number eight the Budweiser Chevy team and – Unfortunately, it was not meant to be, but absolutely. There's just some things you don't break, right? And there's tradition, and and I get it. Fans want to see Rodgers finish his career as a Packers fan, and I think we're going to get that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it'll, it'll be fun to watch, and uh, we'll be following it. And uh, I'll be following as close as ever now, covering the uh, <laughs> NFL full-time for uh, Chad Sports here in Dallas. And been here just a couple days and loving it. And uh, – uh, David, glad to be uh, in your home tonight and uh, join this nice fireplace, a little fireside chat here uh, this evening. We'll be doing more stuff like this uh, here in the future with the folks at home. Before we go, David, uh, a big week for you. Not only are you headed to Phoenix, but you also uh, have a uh, corporate racing school event going on at Texas Motor Speedway this week. Man, we got a cool deal tomorrow. We got we got 50 uh, 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 servicemen and women that have been injured in combat. Uh, coming, uh, they're actually uh, parachuting into the Texas Motor Speedway tomorrow morning, and uh, they'll be driving our uh, NASCAR, our, our Team Texas NASCAR race cars. And uh, I've never participated in this event because I've always been out of town, and it so happens that it's on Wednesday uh, uh, tomorrow, and I'm so excited to see some of these uh, men and women that have fought fiercely for our country and who have, uh, you know, given up a, a limb. Uh, uh, and to be able to see the smiles on their face. Uh, and, and, and uh, man, I, I've heard from uh, my Uncle Mike tells me a lot, said, man, it, it'll bring you to tears. And our instructors, have, we have done this for 22 years, and we're doing it again tomorrow. And I can't wait for the day tomorrow to see how this all plays out. But what an honor it's going to be to see these heroes uh, and these people that are sacrificed so much, not only to themselves, for their families, to fight for our great country, and to see them come do what us guys love, come drive a NASCAR race car and have a great time doing it. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, and, and uh, you know, I was at that racing school you guys had for the public a couple of weeks ago, and 
most of the people you talk to there say this is the biggest thrill they've had in their whole life. And now some of these military guys, I wonder, David, can you push the limits a little more with them since, you know, they've done some dangerous things and stuff. Can you, are, are they more likely you think to go a little faster or if they're doing a ride along to want you to go faster or something here? How's that well, work? Man, you know, I, I don't really know, but uh, man, since, you know, they, uh, you know, who they are and what they've been through. And, and they're our heroes, you know, I hope they want to go fast because I love going fast, you know <laughs> what I mean? So if they want to go fast, more power to them, you know, we're just going to keep everybody safe as possible like we always do. And man, I hope when they come down pit, uh, pit road, uh, when their 10 laps is over with, they're going to be as happy as I am. And from the, from what I hear from everybody's participated in the past, there's going to be a lot of tears, so I'm excited to, to witness this tomorrow. Dominic, uh, you're back in uh, New Mexico for a hot minute, and then uh, you are off to uh, <laughs> Phoenix. Uh, tell us what's going on in your world, man. Yeah, off to Phoenix. I'm, I'm really excited. It'll be my, I think, 17th straight NASCAR Cup Series race at Phoenix, but who's keeping track, right? Jonathan Feld and I will be out there to cover all the action for the racingexperts.com. Going to see some good family and friends out there. In the Phoenix and Chandler areas. I'm looking forward to that. And man, Tyler, so happy for you're out in Dallas. How's your week looking like the, the rest of the, the first week you have out there in Dallas? So uh, I have not been given liberties to exactly say what is going on Saturday night, but there is a good reason why I'm not in Phoenix. I have, I'll put it this way, a very big game to call Ooh. on national radio. And I will have those details in the coming days on my Twitter at Tyler Jones Live. Um, we're waiting on some contract stuff to be finalized before I can actually say the matchup in the network officially. But be looking for those. So I'm actually going to be, uh, you know, not making the trip to Phoenix. And, and I can't say where I'm going because that would give that away too. But I will not be in Phoenix, but I'll be doing this broadcast and then uh, hope to be at the big racetrack uh, back there very soon. But nonetheless, uh, we all have a lot of stuff going on this weekend. David, going to be a lot of fun. So Dominic, why does he do this to us? Why does he always withhold? Why does he always hold those secrets in on us? He tells because us he likes it. he likes to be mean. He likes to just hold it over and just see like how far I, we're going to try man. to try to pry on it. And Tyler, <laughs> we will pry for sure. We're going to try yeah, to find out what this deal that's is. That's what we call a tease in the biz. Absolutely. So Dominic, let me give you one tease. It was great meeting your 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 brother-in-law this weekend, man. That was pretty cool seeing your brother-in-law and your brother uh, at the race with you this weekend. That was pretty cool, man. Hey, appreciate that, David. They had a lot of good to say about you. <laughs> we had a lot of fun uh for sure a good group this week and uh friend of the show john haverland was out there with us as well and and uh had a good uh, weekend in uh in vegas and uh you know, some things we uh, probably won't remember but <laughs> from what we can remember it was a good time Tyler, so what happens in vegas stays in, in vegas, vegas. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <laughs> and on that note that is a, a good way to end this week's show and we will see you guys right back here next week as always subscribe to let's go racing with david Starr. new episodes out each and every wednesday on apple spotify and google podcasts as well as youtube leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all hit that like button we would love to hear from you there you can uh follow us on twitter at star podcast facebook.com forward slash david star podcast and also hit us up on the email inbox David Star Podcast at gmail.com. For David Star and Dominic Oregon, I am Tyler Jones saying so long. It's been another edition of Let's Go Racing. We'll put the checkered flag out and see you next week.